and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. We're celebrating the 35th anniversary of one of the greatest teen movies, not only of the 80s, but of all time, Just One of the Guys. This week, the new Blu-ray DVD came out featuring cast commentary, and we have Tony Hudson, who played Denise, Terry's best friend, this week on the show. Now, Tony, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, she fills us in on what she's up to these days, how she got started in the business, and she shares some great stories about her experiences along the way. And you'll hear in the beginning of the interview, she was watching her dog. Gotta love dogs. Gotta keep them clean. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tony. Oh, gosh, a lot. Well, my book just came out on audio. It's called How I Found Myself with Correct Living. And okay. it's my story, personal story, told through food from about the age of 19, 20 until now. And, uh, and it's uh, uh, just a seed planting book to help people to be motivated to help change their own lifestyle, you know, because it's a lifestyle that I lived for the past 40 years. And so people have always want to know, how do I stay looking so young? I'm turning 60 this year and mother of three. And they're like, wait, how do you stay in shape? And how did you, you know, like the normal didn't get fat because you had kids and all of that. And uh, so I wrote it all down in a book and it's all about, having a preventative lifestyle and in fact with this corona thing most people are put into a reactionary situation because they didn't do any preventative lifestyle things before this right. so now all of a sudden you got the virus and they go oh shit i need to retract all the shit i've been doing for all this time because now my immune system's not strong enough or I'm, you know what i mean yeah. so it just kind of solidifies my choices that i made 40 years ago that yeah i made the right choice <laughs> How, how did you first like decide that this was a lifestyle you wanted to lead? Well, when I started dating Dirk Benedict from the A Team, I was that age, 19, and I, he's the one who introduced me into eating uh, healthy because he cured himself of prostate cancer by eating healthy, and um, then turned it on to me when we were dating, and uh, we were together for what. 13 years and two kids later. So yeah, I did a lot of cooking and a lot of learning about food, but it was basically Dirk that that opened the door for me to do that. And then I just ran with it and then started, you know, cooking for the family. And we had two kids and raised them that way. I had no shots for the babies, no, um, you know, commercial baby foods. I made their own baby food. I breastfed them each for a year. So I do it. When I do it, I do it, you know? Right. Yeah. Did- did you first meet him on the set of the A-Team? No, I met him. Uh, I was at a arts and business college up in Sonoma, California. They were having their 25th anniversary and a graduation, like, uh, weekend seminars for their all their students, and they brought up some celebrities. And I was brought up, Dirk was brought up as a celebrity. Uh, Les Sinclair, who's one of the producers for, like, I think the Merv Griffin show, he was there. Dirk was there, I was there, my boyfriend at the time was there on how to get into commercials and stuff. And we just did these weekend seminars and then did a whole event. And that's where I met Dirk. And then not till later did we start dating. Okay. Yeah, and, and obviously he was already famous, you know, for Battlestar Galactica. Yes, of course, Battlestar Galactica. And before that, Chopper 1, short-lived Chopper 1. Right, right, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. no, he's... He had quite a television career. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, I, I, I had one of his co-stars on uh, Dwight Schultz on about two years ago on the show. Oh, I love Dwight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was super sweet. Yeah, yeah. 
So what made you want to get involved in this crazy world of acting? Well, I was a dancer from a very, very, very young age. My mother was a dancer, an only child dancer. My grandmother had a dance studio. She taught kids how to tap in ballet. So I grew up in that world. And then, um, it's funny, I just told this story earlier today to somebody. But uh, I was about, what was I, 14. And I had gone to the grocery store with my mother. And I was at the magazine section, you know, looking at all the teen magazines, and I wanted to get a magazine. So I said, Mom, can I get a teen magazine? She said, okay, okay. So I get this magazine, and it, said, it was, like, really cool. And I said, I want to be in this magazine, Mom. And she says, well, call them up and tell them. And so I did. I looked in the magazine, found the phone number, and I called them, called them and they said, send some pictures in. I did, and they called me and said, come on in. And I was in the Christmas issue that year. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> So then it just started from there. Then I started doing commercials, and I played racquetball professionally. I used to teach, and I'm an author of a book called Racquetball for Women that I wrote when I was 19. And so I used to teach racquetball, and they came to shoot a commercial there with Peter Fonda, and they needed someone to teach him how to play racquetball. It's okay. Shh, turn. The water got cold. Sorry for that. I'm sorry. I'm trying to rinse her off so I can get her out of here, and she won't whine anymore. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I taught him how to play racquetball, and then they put me in the commercial because I was the one that knew how to play racquetball. And uh, that started that, and then I got an agent. So, when, oh, yeah, so how, how long were you playing racquet, racquetball? Uh, from about the age of 15 to 20, five years. Okay. Still and the play. book's called Racquetball for Women. You can probably still get it on Amazon for 99 cents. Right. <laughs> Do you, do you still play now? No. I mean, I can, but and I have periodically, but I don't play. It's hard to find courts now. Right. Because they're not they're not around everywhere. Yeah. Charlie. Yeah. When, when the gyms are open, my gym has a racquetball court, so I play with my son. So hopefully it'll be opening up soon so we can go play again. Yeah. Oh, you play? I'm not very good, but, yeah, it's <laughs> – it's, it's exercise to get out and do something with my son, so it's it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I doubt I would get a point off you. <laughs> yeah, no, I probably would beat you pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really good serve too. So I, I'll sometimes I'll run like ten points before somebody even figures it out. Yeah, yeah, that's my weakness is my serve. I'm I'm not very good, and, but I, I I can react off it. But I'm, I'm sure you would probably rack like you said rack up by probably ten eleven points straight. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. 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 So your, your first big movie, that was Young Doctors in Love, right? That was the very first feature film I ever did, yes. Yeah. And that was uh, that was kind of like a, like a spoof of the whole soap opera. Like John. Well, I met Gary Marshall. My audition for that movie was um, they were already shooting the movie. And they needed candy stripers, you know, the smaller parts. And... So they were on location in downtown, we're not in LA at the Biltmore Hotel. And so they, my audition was to go meet Gary Marshall at the Biltmore Hotel and audition. So I went there and he, my audition was say every cuss word you know. And so I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I got the part. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then he became you know, an even bigger director. He was already big from TV. 
and uh, I was in Nothing in Common after that, his movie. And um, and then when I got married to my last husband, I, I never really had a dad. So Gary gave me away. He walked me down the aisle. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was like my, my dad. It was my first movie, and that's where I met him. So it was obviously meant to be. Right. And that movie had, like, you look at it now, all the stars that movie had, you know, Michael Keene, Michael Richards. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's it's still unheard of today, right? And Michael McKeon, Dabney Coleman, Sean yeah. Young, Michael Richards, Hector Elizondo. Yeah. I mean, it just had everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, Hector Elizondo, he was always in his movies, right? He was like his friend, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. He was like his good luck charm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So then, like, what was what was your first like uh, like TV role? My very first TV role was a soap opera called Capital. Okay. And then I did Bold and the Beautiful. I did Young and the Restless. A little, you know, some, some like reoccurring. Right. And yeah. uh, there, she's all done. Oh my god. <laughs> Hang on, with the turkey. There. Oh my gosh. Okay, done with that. Yay. Um. All right. So yeah. Um. So that, so then the TV shows, you know, then I just started doing all those. Laverne and Shirley, you know, then Dirk was on the A-Team, so I did an episode of the A-Team, and then I did a Knight Rider, and I did a TJ Hooker, and a Greatest American Hero, and a Laverne and Shirley spin-off yeah. pilot, by the way. Okay. I think it was called Steelworker Girls, or the, something like that. It was going to be Penny Marshall up on the steelworking in New York, and I was going to be character on the show oh wow it never happened um yeah it was interesting he he said to a business associate of mine once he said yeah when she was younger we kept we were grooming her you know grooming me to be big and famous right she just kept getting married and having kids (laughs) (laughs) right yeah is is it kind of ironic that you were in a spoof about soap operas before you actually were in a soap opera (laughs) yeah it's funny yeah yeah, yeah. Of, of all those, like you know, shows you mentioned, they're all staples that I watched when I was younger. Which one was your favorite? You know, Night Rider, Eighteen, Love Boat. Like, which one? Well, I don't. You know what? I might say T.J. Hooker. Okay. The role I had on T.J. Hooker um, was it was a really good role. It was a guest starring role. I played Star, a reformed hooker out on the street and um, trying to help get other girls off the street. And um, William Shatner directed the episode as well. Okay. So he directed, and I guest starred. So it was like my episode, you know? And, right. So, and it was it was very dramatic. You know, there's, uh, you know, chase scenes and crying and stuff. So as a TV show episode, I think that was probably my favorite. How was he as a director? Oh, he was great. Yeah. Yeah, very nice guy. Love love him. Right. When when you guys were filming um, the A Team, was there any like, jokes on the set how basically no one ever died on it, and like was big these explosions with slow motion flips, yet everyone was fine and no one ever died on the show? Well, yeah, that was the comic strip part of it. You know, I mean, right. it, it had so many different levels and layers of humor, and that was that was like the on the surface obvious humor you know no one get you know they crash and they shoot up and then they just brush their arms off and walk away you know 
And that's like in a cartoon, you know, Ooh, they crash down the mountain and they get up oh, a little dizzy and they walk off, you know, it's like, wait, they'd be dead. Exactly. That yeah. right. So, so yeah, absolutely. that was that certain kind of humor that was there in that show. And then there was more into intelligent humor as well. Did, um, I, I know the movie they made about 10 years ago about, about the AT Men. Did he actually appreciate the movie? Yeah, he, he didn't think that it held true to some of the things on the show, but he says that's creative license, you know? I yeah. mean, they were, they were just taking the concept. I mean, I don't know if you saw his cameo. I did, yes. Yeah, in the credits. Yeah. Yeah, they he it's funny Dirk played a trick on Bradley Cooper. So oh. when he get when he got uh, who directed that? I forget who directed that. Uh, uh, I don't remember. But anyway, now. they uh they went to pick him up at his hotel to Dirk to go to the set. And Dirk had said to the director, I want to play a joke on Bradley. And they said, what do you want to do? He goes, can someone find me a walker, like a walker for old people? Mm. And so they did. And so when he got out of the car and Bradley was there to say hello, <laughs> he gets out of the car, but gets the walker out first. And then acts like he can hardly walk. <laughs> and he's doing this with Bradley. Bradley's trying to like, you know, keep it together and not notice, or am I supposed to notice, you know? <laughs> anyway, then, then eventually he let him in on the joke, but it was funny. Did, did you see the movie? Yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts about it? Oh, I liked it. I liked it. I'm not as critical and judgmental as Dirk. Right, yeah. I, I guess he has obviously more of a, you know, a commitment to it, you know, than, than you did. So I guess it's more of like like his baby, so to speak. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, so this year we're celebrating the 35th anniversary of just one of the guys. The uh, Blu-ray comes out this week. I watched the movie a couple weeks ago. It's, uh, it still holds up. It's a, you know, still a great movie. What was the audition process like for your role for Denise? Uh, well, I initially went in for obviously the lead role of Terry. Right. I think every girl went in for the lead role of Terry. Um, and then I didn't hear back. And then I came back for another audition. They had me read for Denise. And I read for Denise, and then I got hired. That was kind of it. I they just they just hired me. I mean, a, it was kind of one audition straight to producers. Some sometimes, when you've been around a little bit, and your agent has certain relationships with certain casting directors or producers, you don't have to go on the first audition because the casting people already know you. So they just bring you straight to when the call goes, like this callback, you know. Right. So I came in later in the game, but yeah, it was wasn't really very dramatic it was just an audition then a callback and then i got it and you know that was director lisa Gottlieb's you know first role and you know a young you know woman director was there like a lot of pressure on mm -hmm. her and and was there like since her was there any kind of animosity or kind of like looking down oh, at her no 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 everyone was very supportive of her and you know her vision for this project and she handpicked um, Joyce Heiser to play Terry, so they, they they really related. I think she was, you know, kind of the the idea that living through uh, Joyce's eyes for Lisa's life, you know, like if she was the high school hot chick, what would it be like? And 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 so they really bonded. They were really quite a team. And then we had a couple of weeks rehearsal. I came in probably the second week of rehearsal. That's when I flew in, and everyone else had already been there, but. So it was a very ensemble experience. So pretty much everybody knew everybody. Um, Deborah Goodrich came in a little later, 
she wasn't at the rehearsal time because her part was a little smaller. But, yeah, no, we would hang out in the hotels and, you know, we bonded. And Deborah and I became best friends from that movie. You actually beat her out in a movie, right? Yeah, what it was is there there was the movie Places in the Heart. She was yeah. up for it in New York. She was on All My Children and doing her actor life. And I was in L.A. doing my actor world. And we had both auditioned uh, for the movie. And then I didn't hear anything and I didn't hear anything. So I called my agent and I said, what's up with Places? In, at the time, it was called The Texas Project. Okay. And I said, what's up with The Texas Project? And they said, well, they're already down in Texas. And it's between you and a girl in New York, and they can't decide. I said, well, what's going to be the deciding factor? And I said, I don't know. I said, well, call him and ask him. I'll, I'll read again. He goes, well, they're already in Texas. I said, tell him I'll go to Texas. <laughs> so on my own dime, which is all I had, I think I had $375 to my name probably, and I spent 325 of it for a ticket to Texas because they said, okay. So I flew there, and I read that night for Robert Benton with the help of Arlene Donovan, a uh, kind of a go-between. He used her as an assistant, I guess. Okay. And uh, I read, and then they said thank you, and I had no idea if I was going to get it or not. And I'm in Waxahachie, Texas, 30 miles south of Dallas, in a little tiny town, in a motel, just spent every dime I had, and they said thank you. And that's all I had. Like, what? Wow. So the next morning, no, then, they, then, then Arlene Donovan came and knocked on my door that night. And said, would you be okay changing your flight and flying back later tomorrow? We want you to read with a young actor out of Fort Worth, Texas, who we want to play your boyfriend uh, or the boyfriend. And I went, okay. And then I cried, like, I'm no good. I'm like, what? You know, and she said, no, here's what you need to do. And she kind of gave me a pep talk. So the next day I went in and I read with this young kid out of Fort Worth, Texas. And then they said, thank you. And then I had to go clear out of my room, and I sat in the lobby. I'm just sitting in the lobby with my suitcase, like $5 to my name, and I'm going to fly home not knowing whether I got this part or not. And then all of a sudden through the lobby of this motel, it's like the Bates Motel from, like, Psycho. It's, like, so bizarre. It's a dry town, and, and the only bar in town is at this motel, and it's just bizarre. Anyway, so I'm sitting there, and in comes Robert Benton. He's just walking through the lobby with his assistant, and he sees me sitting there, and he goes, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I was done, and I had to check out of my room, so I'm just sitting here waiting till a driver takes me to the airport, but my flight's not till later, so I have time, so I'm just sitting. He goes, he goes, listen, pending, we can make a deal. The part is yours. And then he goes, have you had lunch? And I said, no. He goes, come with me. And he takes me across the parking lot of the motel into the trailers that they had set up for production. And inside, it was so quiet in the motel, like the Bates Motel, right? Guy standing behind the counter with cross-eyed, bald head, like bizarre. And in the parking lot was this, these trailers just buzzing with fax machines and phone calls and things and things happening. This movie's getting made. And I walk in, and they've just catered lunch. And Robert Benton introduces me to Sally Fields. Says, Sally, this is Tony. She's playing Ermin Hightower. And then she looks at me, and she goes, did you just find out? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I got goosebumps. <laughs> so that was Places in the Heart. So then... When Just One of the Guys was happening and Deborah was cast as Deborah Strawbridge, um, right. I found out that she was up for Places in the Heart and that she found out that Tony Hudson had gotten the part. And then we ended up doing the same movie together. Wow, that's a great story. And then obviously Sally Field went on to win the Oscar for that movie as well. Exactly. And my character ended up getting cut out. There's a whole 
third storyline. I mean, I'm in there as a glorified extra, and I still have my credit featuring Tony Hudson, you know, with Burt Ramson. But yeah. uh, they they cut the whole third storyline out, and because it was too long, the movie's just too long. And um, but yeah, it was quite an experience. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Did you know that you were being cut out before the movie came out, or like? No, no. I ended up getting a letter from Robert Benton letting me know. Uh, before I went to the screening, the cast and crew screening. Yeah, that I'd been cut out. And then my mother found an article, some, or someone gave it to her, I don't know, in the, some Chicago paper interview with Robert Benton about Places in the Heart. And in it, he mentioned, he goes, yes, there was a whole third storyline that we had to cut out because the movie was too long. And it was, it was, it was heartbreaking because he said it was the best of what we'd shot. Oh, and wow. We had to cut it out. Yeah. So. And there was never talk of making like a director's cut or like an extended edition or anything like that for it? No, and I, I have an uncut clip of my part. In other words, there's one scene where I'm in my bed after the dance party and my husband, Bert Remsen, who's older and a musician, goes to hit my boyfriend, but my boyfriend ducks and hits me. And so I have a big black eye and he comes home and I'm in bed and I'm giving him the riot act. Right. And with, with my black eye. And that's I have that one piece of tape, but it's not a cut scene like you can't hear his off camera lines. Right. You can't, you know, but I do have a memory. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a great story. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then another cute little tidbit was while we were shooting, um, Sally Fields is a Scorpio as I am, and it was during November. So we were, we both experienced our birthdays during shooting, and Sally received a puppy for her birthday from her ex boyfriend Bert Reynolds. Okay. And she ended up naming the cocker spaniel Edna after her character on Places in the Heart. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a yeah. cute little tidbit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, P- puppies are the great, are greatest. <laughs> they really mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, just one of the guys, uh, I know at that time Joyce was dating Bruce Springsteen, right? Well, they were done. They, oh. they were kind of, well, they were kind of done, but still in touch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But he, did he come to the set at all? Oh, yeah. He was, oh. he, he was on tour and he came through Arizona. We were shooting in Scottsdale and he came through on tour and, um, yeah, in fact, we talk about this on the Blu-ray because okay. we, we, we did an audio track. Oh, good. So Joyce, Clayton, myself, Ari, and the coach. So oh, we yeah. all showed up and sat and watched the whole movie and talked a narration track. And we ended up t- talking about this very same thing. But, yeah, um, Bruce showed up because he was on tour and we were all told, you know, don't talk to him, don't initiate conversation, don't take pictures, you know, don't don't bother him, basically. But Joyce was working, and he went, when he came to the set, we were outside, and she was on the football field doing some scene with Clayton, like, off in the distance. And they had put my director's chair right next to Joyce's, and, of course, where is Bruce sitting but Her in chair. Joyce's chair? So I'm sitting right next to Bruce. And um, he starts talking to me. So, of course, I'm not going to ignore him. So we're sitting there talking away. And Joyce is all off in the distance on the ground doing some scene. She keeps looking over and <laughs> sees us <laughs> leaning in, talking to each other. Uh, but I had a great conversation with him. And I asked him if he ever wanted to be an actor. And and he said, he says, well, 
I, I would want to, he goes, but then I would never do it. And I said, why is that? And he goes, because I'm not in control of what happens. See, mm. he goes, when I go on stage, it's me. What I deliver, what I perform, that's what they get. But here, I could give a performance in the, in the editing room, they change it. Or I could give a performance, you know, like it could be totally right. different at the, at the end. He goes, I don't like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so he came and that was it. And then I guess a few of the cast members went to his show that was in. I, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Maybe I think Dirk might might have been in town okay. visiting. So that's why I didn't go or something. Right. Was was that a good shoot, that movie? It was. It yeah. was. It was a really fun shoot. It was really, really fun. It was. It was. You know, there was a deserted high school in Scottsdale, Arizona. Our our hotel was a double tree right across the friggin' street. Um, mm. Yeah, so it was great. You're, you're in Arizona. We went to Sedona and out in the desert and experiencing things. And, you know, I was there a lot without working because of scheduling. Right. So I'd have a lot of free time. And then there was the Thanksgiving. We went through a Thanksgiving and my birthday shooting. I tended to shoot on my birthday a lot movies um but yeah so that was uh we had a thanksgiving at the biltmore hotel and i think dirk bought dinner for like a good portion of the cast that joined us oh that was nice of him <laughs> yeah yeah now it, when you mentioned the cast doing the you know the uh, commentary you didn't mention uh billy jane who played buddy was he just not available for it yeah, he wasn't available. We couldn't get him. Some people just weren't available or, you know, we did it in L.A. I happened to be in L.A. because I was working the Golden Globes, so I was able to be there. Um, otherwise, I probably wouldn't have been involved either. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think he ceased all the movie by, by far. He, he was the greatest in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he had his little charm. Like, he certainly did. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like your, like, kind of chemistry with him was great, you know, and, basically to come back to him with uh i'll open the phone book pick a name at random just i mean it was just like the comebacks you had at him were yeah were, when were pigs per- fly exactly yeah <laughs> exactly. when the whole human race dies out yeah yeah now like that movie obviously cannot be made today the, the way it is just um because the, the the i kind of feel the teen movie has kind of been watered down and it really isn't like an audience for them anymore unfortunately you feel that way too I don't know. I mean, it's just different. You know, the teen movies are different. It's, um, I don't know. I don't know. It had, it, it had is, it had a, there's more innocence to the just one of the guys movie than there is now. Like the, the teenage movies now, they're a little bit darker. Right. I feel. Yeah. I feel like after like American Pie, they kind of like changed a little bit. Yeah. They get a little on the dark side. Now, now do you think, because, I mean, every movie gets rebooted, that they would actually try to reboot that, stay true to it, you know, because, like, yeah, everything... Yeah, no, I, well, Lisa Gottlieb has been pushing for, um, and so is Joyce, a, uh, a sequel. Okay. In other words, have all the characters, because all the characters are still here, so right. you just have them all later go to a go to a, a reunion. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it could be funny as hell. I mean, I would have Denise's character own like a Jenny Craig <laughs> weight loss thing, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one here knows I used to be fat. Yeah. Um, and then you have, you know, Billy Jane, Billy Jacoby. He should, I don't know, run some sort of escort service or something. Uh, I don't know. 
Wonder and then, you know, like typically like take people and put them in situations that reflect who they were as kids. Right. Maybe Joyce is a huge, you know, uh, writer, yeah. published author. And, you and know, they, like William Zapp, this character could have been like a priest, a totally change of character or something like that. No, 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 no. He should he should probably. Yeah, he, he should. Well, what would he be? I don't know what he would be. Doing time, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The one scene that everybody remembers is her, uh, you know, taking her shirt off and flashing her boobs. Was that kind of hard for her to do? Was she pressured into it, or is that something that kind of like she wanted to do? Well, she had, she had said no nudity. It was in her contract, no nudity, oh. and didn't want to do nudity. And then um, they said, okay, you know, we'll we'll figure out what we can do to make you comfortable. But then as they got into shooting the movie and understanding the characters and understanding the depth of why she would have to do that to show him the truth, you know, and then what's the payoff. And if you don't, and so they, they battled back and forth a little bit, but it wasn't like she said, no, a hundred percent. Once, once she realized it was kind of important to do, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just, Hey, let me show you my boobs. She really needed to say, I'm a girl. I have to prove it to you. (laughs) You know, like you're not going to believe me, but here, right. So it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't gratuitous. It was part of the story. So that's what made it okay. Yeah. I, I, I think so too. Mm -hmm. I'm not just saying that as, as a man or, you know, a boy watching the movie, it's, it it did bring something to the, to the storyline. Well, yeah, because you're like, wait, because we all know as the audience that she's a girl. Yeah. So we don't really need to see the boobs, but he did. So at yeah. first they weren't they weren't going to show the front. They were just going to show her opening and shoot from over her shoulder and just see him right. responding. You know, um, hey, where do you get off having tits? <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, that's a it's a great line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like one of the screenwriters was Jeff Franklin who created Full House. So yeah, yeah. Now yeah, I ran into him last year. Right. Some party. Yeah. Now after that movie, like. Did you and I don't think it really did that well in the theaters, but did did you think that it would kind of lead to more of those kind of roles for you? Maybe, you know, maybe. But, you know, I was just so into mommying and I, you know, ended up having babies after that. So, um, you know, you kind of got to walk away for a minute to do that. So, yeah, I just kept starting and stopping and starting and stopping. But I'm starting now and I ain't stopping ever again. No, that's great. That's, yeah. Yeah. In fact, the movie that we ju- we just did was shot over the last two years, but it comes out this year called Charlie's Christmas Wish, which is a PG rated, not PG 13 even, like P friggin' G. Right. <laughs> family, Christmas, dog, homeless veteran is the backdrop themed movie. And Charlie, my dog that I was just washing, is Charlie. And, um, I play the mom, the lead female, and then my son Walker plays Jimmy, the son. Richard Tyson plays my brother Ronnie. Diane Ladd plays my mother. And, um, yeah, and that movie comes out. Vernon, Vernon Wells plays Hank. We got a lot of good people in that. And then um, it comes out this year, Veterans Day, oh, in the theaters. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, I had Richard on my show. He, he was, yeah, a very good interview. He was. Oh, yeah. Richard, yeah. Richard's great. Richard, Richard's great. Love Richard. Yeah. Now, are, are, are your kids involved in the business, too? 
Yeah, so my youngest has done about 19 films. His name is Walker Mintz. He's actually really good. Um, he's living in Ohio with his dad right now. But, uh, but yeah, and then my oldest son, George William Benedict, is an actor, writer, producer living in L.A. And he's in the movie. I had him play Will, the manager of my character's place of work called Jill's Cakes and Bakes. Her, her character, my character's name is Jill Frost. And I had my son, George, play Will, who manages Jill's Cakes and Bakes. Was that something that they wanted to do, like willingly get involved in business? Did you have any, like, opposition to it? Uh, yeah, at first, well, I, I wanted my son, George, the older one, you know, to get involved sooner than he did. But right. once he left high school and he came to live with me, he was in Montana with his dad going to high school. And um, when he came to live with me after high school, he got right into it because I knew it was what he wanted, but he didn't because his dad was in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he didn't want to be told that's what he should do because his family was in it. Right. <laughs> so he was a little stubborn, but it, it, it is who he is. So he's enjoying it very much. Oh, that's good. That's, that's all mm-hmm. that matters. <laughs> yeah. Right. And before he's we go. Very we... handsome. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm George sure. George Benedict. Yeah. I mean, with, with two very talented parents and attractive parents, I'm, I'm sure he's got <laughs> best of both qualities from both of you. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so we got to talk about Leatherface. And um, of ha- course, Leatherface. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, 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 you know, the, the third movie in the series uh, was some was that always something you want to do? Get involved in horror or is that just I'm going to. No, it's not. It's not like a genre that I like, but it's a it's a genre where people pay to go see movies, so they make them all the time. Right. Exactly. So as an actor, you got to go. Yeah, I'm open to that. <laughs> you know. Right. And um, I was pregnant with my second child shooting that, and I didn't tell Jeff Burr, the director, until we were on set about to shoot the scene where I was getting chainsawed in half by Leatherface. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I said, you know, I think I should tell you. I said just in case. I am in my first trimester of pregnancy, and uh, so as you chainsaw me in half, you're also killing the baby. <laughs> and he goes, "Thanks for letting me know." <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Ra Ra was like, "Oh, great." That would have been some twist if they wrote that into the movie. Oh, yeah. right. That would have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you thought about doing any more of those horror movies or no? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Forgive me that I'm in. It's called Hollow Heights. There's two, Hollow Heights and Etowah Ridge. I have a producing partner here that we produced Charlie's Christmas Wish, and we got lots of movies we're about to do. So Hollow Heights, and I play the aunt who owns the house where the whole movie takes place. And then Etowah Ridge, I play the deputy um, for the Wendigo that's in the woods killing people. So those two horror films are up on the docket coming up. Oh, uh, best of luck with them. I can't wait to see them. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But, uh, Tony, th- this was great. I really appreciate I'm so glad after all this time we finally hit to connect. Yeah, but you know, with this coronavirus thing, everybody should go get my book. My book called How I Found Myself with Correct Living will keep everybody healthy and fit and their immune system strong because I changed my way of eating 40 years ago. And I finally wrote it all down. And I raised my kids this way. No shots. You know, no stuff. So it's like people want to know how to have a preventative, healthy lifestyle. And so I wrote my story down and and it's an audio version right now. And I do the narration. So it's like having a conversation with Tony. But it's it's about how to live a healthy lifestyle. 
and Dirk's the one who taught it to me. So it's it's the A team inspired lifestyle <laughs> based uh, on Eastern philosophies. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and you also have like a, a TV show you did right on, on the correct living. Yeah, correct living is uh, that's on our. So we also have our own network. My producing partner and I called New You Network. N U Y U Network. New You. And it's on Roku right now, but uh, streaming on the streaming channels. So it's New You Network, and it's a network that has all the leaders and experts in health right now. So you have Dr. Gundry, Stephen McCullough, you have Jay Shetty, the Blender Girl, the Yes Guy, Correct Living. So when you subscribe to the channel, the network, uh, you get everybody. Like if you go there to sign up for Correct Living, you don't just get Correct Living, you get the whole network and correct living as well so it's pretty cool and then right now if you sign up and subscribe on the network the new you network you get my book how i found myself with correct living for free oh nice there you go that's an incentive definitely yeah 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 so i mean instead of having to search all over online for every different kind of health thing we're putting it all in one place oh that's good that's good yeah 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 and, and maybe you should uh Teach a racquetball course too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably lowest on the totem pole. Yeah, but give probably. me a movie where I have to play racquetball, and I there you go. Good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tony, I really appreciate this, and uh, everyone also, besides getting her book and the channel, check out 35th anniversary of Just One of the Guys. Just and- One of the Guys. Yeah. No, it's going to be awesome. The Blu-ray is going to be great, and and a lot of the narration stuff that we did is very funny. You'll get a lot of we did, we did a lot of funny humor. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I pre-ordered my copy, so I'm looking forward to watching it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to hear your feedback after you after you hear the narration track. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my wife and I sit down and watch it. She loves that movie as well. Awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time, and uh, best of luck with everything. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> And a special thanks to Tony for joining us this week. Pick up your copy of Just One of the Guys, Blu-ray edition. The movie still holds up. It's fantastic. You can follow her on Twitter at Tony Hudson. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at TheFirstNoel19 or like the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. We've got plenty of time to do it now. And please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. Show us on SoundCloud. It's also on Podbean. And go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com all your merchandise t-shirts hoodies you can wear a t-shirt to work these days since you're home a new episode comes out every week and we'll see you next week